welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. And I'm John Brewer. And we are here with a very special Boxing Day night edition of the podcast. Well, recording on Boxing Day. We are recording on the day after Christmas of 2021. Yeah, that's what we released right before the new year. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. It's the last one of 2021. Yes, the last... Oh, yeah, you're right. Unless we get some uh, Supernaturals, but I was thinking... those are bonus, though. Well, my plan for Supernatural is to... That's the Moose and Scrollbot We Married podcast. Married? I guess. Uh, My plan for that is to do a batch of them this week would be nice. Yeah. And then we could uh, just, like, intersperse them Mm -hmm. as we see fit. Yeah, it's the bonus. So, we're coming from a very interesting film. That we just watched. Yeah, which we'll probably at some point down the road do we watch. Yeah. But we just watched Candyman, the nineteen ninety four edition? Ninety two. Nineteen ninety two edition with our uh, our youngest son. And because he's just really into the the actor that's the who's the main act who's Candyman? Tony Todd. Tony Todd. And man, that's that a good movie. Holy crap. Yeah, it's great. Candyman's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I got to see it, not on the podcast in a way, because it's such a beautiful thing just to watch all the way through, except for the five times I have to go pee because I drank a bottle of Prosecco during it. Yeah, that'll do um, it. So my Brewer's Brews is La Marca Prosecco, uh, which mine. I already finished today. I'm just getting that in right now. I'm just drinking water for the rest of the night because I got my Brewer's Brews in already. And I'm drinking home brews. And John is drinking home brews. He's got so. that pastry straw action, pastry stout action. Yeah, oh, I got a lemon ale right now, but you yeah, got so that going lemon back ale? to the pastry stout. What's the title of the lemon ale? Oh. What's the name of it? You that recall? was Love Me True. Love Me True, it's from our wedding. It is. Got a lot of beers left. So basically, we remembered that we had beer in the basement. Yeah, hundreds of bottles of homebrew. Because <laughs> we're in the middle. Okay, so there's a lot that's happened this week. Santa came this week. Yeah. And that was fun. It was. Everybody had a good time. Yeah, we just kind of chilled. We ended up not having any dinners with family or anything. Just like yeah, hung out with each other. Our family. Yeah. The immediate family. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It's a very low key Christmas, and um, someone decided to do a demo of the kitchen. I don't know <laughs> who that could be. No. Okay, so basically, our house has hardwood floors. It's from like 1910, but the kitchen had like linoleum in it. Yeah. And obviously the underlayment. And then I got permission. Permission? um, Well, my, our contractor, Jamie, who does all the work for us on our house and stuff like that. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. He Um, said, don't pull it up until I get done with my He said that there's probably hardwood floors there. And he said, don't pull anything up until I'm done with the stuff. And I said, but Jamie, aren't you telling me I have permission to do it? And he says, and he said, yes. (laughs) But no, he's definitely said that I probably shouldn't, but that I'm probably going to do it and that he can't do anything to stop me. Yeah. But he's seen my handiwork before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he installed a bathroom in my first house. That's how he knows he'll always be in business here. (laughs) He doesn't fix my mistakes. He comes and adds on to my beauty. Yeah. Um, So anyway, I pulled up a bunch of the kitchen floor and then spent the rest of yesterday well today i spent about five hours cleaning it 
Yeah. On I'll Christmas Eve, when I started this mess at 10 o'clock, you were very frustrated with me. I wasn't very frustrated. You were probably the most frustrated with me you've ever been, which is not a lot. Well, I'm on steroids, too. Yeah, so he roid raged at me. <laughs> and he goes, what are you doing? It's Christmas Eve. At 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock. It was fine. We had to wait for freaking Santa to come. And, like, you know how long it takes to wait for Santa to come? Yeah, and Santa came in the kitchen. He's like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> I just needed to prove that there was uh, hardwood floors under there. And so then on Christmas Day, Santa came. We had a good, nice Christmas. We had a great breakfast of cinnamon toast and bacon. And then um, someone got to it because she needed some time to herself. And so she went into the kitchen with the, with the headphones and just uh, did some demo. Yeah, well, I just got done. Kind of. What else? Kind of. Well, okay. So I didn't do the whole kitchen, which honestly, restraint. Yeah. Because the old Trish would have just done the whole thing and totally demol- and made the kitchen unusable for a couple of days. The new Trish respects her husband and Gives the family. Gives me 15% of the kitchen to work with. I'll give like you 15% of the kitchen to work with. But then I spent today scrubbing. So the, the floors that are off that are exposed, they don't look too bad. Yeah. We're going to get them refinished and stuff, but uh, there was some kind of weird underlayment under the st- under the um, floors, and it left some weird glue grossness, and I've just been scrubbing that up. Okay. But my arms hurt, <laughs> and I have a can-do attitude, though. And so we've seen Candyman today, and what are we seeing tonight with our wonderful, rapt listeners? We are watching... Children of the Night. Now, we did not watch a preview for this last time, because whenever we have a podcast with Steven, it's wonderful, but it always goes way over. So I was like, I gotta go to bed. I was so tired. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Let me sleep. Um, And so, what is this movie even about? I know it was filmed near where we live. Yeah. This is, because most people don't know of this movie, but this was like a folklore in our town because it was the only major movie filmed here uh-huh. that i can think of and uh it was back in 91 Ooh, that's like right before right before candy man yeah the candy i'm trying man. to find a good uh s- short synopsis because the ones i've there's very slim pickings on anything there was one movie. on amazon prime okay but i skipped past that so i could pause at the right spot yes but we're going to this movie. It's a horror film. It's got its own okay, Wikipedia page. Its plot follows a young woman and a local school teacher who attempt to rid, rid their small community of vampires <gasps> that have been inadvertently unleashed. Wait, are there vampires up here? Well, we'll find out. Wait, are they just racist because up here no one leaves their house for like nine months out of the year? And this so... is how we all look in the wintertime. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look all the time, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Okay, yeah, because there's a, not a whole lot on this film at all. Yeah. The IMDb rating is a 4.7 out of 10. Not bad for a horror movie on IMDb. It's kind of in the lower range, but it's pretty good. How many ratings has it had, though? It a like, thousand. Okay, so the so like a an eighth of the population of yeah. the township has seen this movie. Yeah, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a 34%. With 500 plus, so under a thousand on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, but there were like actual like reviews well, this, from real yes. places. Well, th- there's no critic reviews. Oh. Like, well, there's one, but there's no words. <laughs> it's, it's just, just like blah. Two out of five don't like it. 
kind of thing. Okay, lame. But, uh... I mean, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes is not that great. No, it's not. But we've recently seen a movie that was kind of like that as well that was pretty good, so... Yeah. But, oh, uh, Children of the Corn was like that, this, right? Where it just had terrible ratings, but it was fun. Yeah. This was actually produced by Fangoria. Okay. It was one of the first three movies that they did. Well, actually, it would they be one of the three? first two of the early 90s. Oh, okay. When they first started with their own uh, film production house. Yeah. So, Do you want to tell people who what Fangoria is? Oh, it's a it's a really well-known horror magazine Yeah, that dealt with all things horror. Yeah. Kind of like this podcast, but in a magazine. Yeah. But, oh, and this movie starts... And it doesn't have you in it. This movie starts Karen Black. Okay. Peter DeLuise. All right. Amy Dolans. Okay. And Garrett Morris. Excellent. Who are the only real known actors in here. Garrett Morris is on Saturday Night Live. So Karen here's Black. a question. Here's a question. Yes. Are you going to be in the background of one of these scenes? No. No. When this film, I was 13 years old. Yeah, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I was... My my parents did not allow me to go witness the filming. Really? Really. Really? So, and you didn't sneak out at 13? No, nope, I remember... You did worse stuff at 13. I know. I know. I know of people who went and got autographs from Peter DeLuise and stuff. I would have loved to have met Why Garrett Morris. Why didn't your parents let you do that? I would have... I don't know. I would have known at that time... Karen Black and Garrett Morris. Okay. Because I was a big fan of SNL. Yeah. I was a big fan of horror movies. Yeah. I knew Peter DeLuise as Dom DeLuise's son, but I had yeah. no idea who it was. I think he was doing, like, soap operas then. Okay. Does that sound right? I can't believe you didn't try to get into the movie as a background character. Uh, I would have loved to, but uh, my parents were a little That could have been sometimes. your whole life. Yeah, overprotective of the kid that was in the bar, in the freaking graveyard drinking booze. That was later on. Like a year later? No, that would have been like three or four years later. You said that you were like 14 and 15. 15, 16, somewhere. Okay, you don't want the kids to listen to this. They don't listen to our podcast. It's fine. Yeah. It's like 50. I was like 21, 22 when I did that in also high school. Okay. It doesn't look like he was. He was on 21 Jump Street. Okay. Right before this. The original show. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what he was known for. I was not a fan, so I didn't know who he was. Let me see. Okay, yeah. So. He's been in stuff since then, though, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, he was on, um, oh, was one, he was had a long run on Sequest DSV in the mid-90s. Okay. A lot of one-offs on, uh, he was on Stargate SG-1. Okay, yeah, that's where episodes. I know him from. Okay. About 12 episodes on that. Yeah. He was on an episode of Supernatural. Oh, hell yeah. What was he? Was he the... I don't know. He was one episode in 2008. Okay. So I guess we'll get to that. We'll that was like out. season five. Wait, what? Okay, hold on. No. Can you go back to that and say what episode it was? It doesn't say. It just says Supernatural one episode. And that's Peter DeLuise? Yeah. Um, apparently he does a lot of directing now. Yeah? Or fairly recently, yeah. <gasps> Holy shit! Calm down. Okay, I just got... Okay. Season three. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, John, you don't even know. Okay. I can't... Okay, so that's season three. We're still in season one, but we're pretty close to the end of season one. Yep. We need to pop through. I'm very excited to see that episode of Supernatural with you. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Well, It's we'll episode... Little... It's called Juice and Bellow. All my Supernatural fans on the podcast know that. Okay. Well, we're going to have some nice crossover from the original pod to the bonus pod. On yeah. Peter DeLuise. Who would have known? Who would have thunk it? Okay, so... So and and going into this, I do not remember this movie. Okay. I watched it. 
this was like a hot commodity when it came out on VHS. Yeah. Like, I was able to rent it once. But it, like, disappeared from the video store because someone just kept it because it was, like, the movie in Calumet. It was never released on DVD that I've ever seen. So I was pretty excited when I saw this come up on Prime Video. Wait, what's it called again? Children of the... Children of the Night. Children of the Night. So I was pretty pumped when I saw this on Prime Video. Okay. Because I literally haven't seen this since I was, like, 13 years old. Excellent. And I only watched it once. Okay. So I don't remember any of it. I remember... Trying to pick out local landmarks more than paying attention to the film. Uh-huh. So. And that's not what we're going to do tonight anyway. We're going to be like, that's the Calumet Theater. I know some of it's not going to work out because I know some of the things in there aren't there anymore. Oh, wow. So you'll so, be able to, like, point them out to me. You mean, like, the horrible fire that destroyed, like, a actually, third no, of the town? No, because it's recently? just... I think it's more from remodeling. Oh. Like the St. Anne's Church. Yeah. Was a ch- was a real church then. Yeah. There's, there's some filming there, but that looks way different now. Wow. The Cafe Rosetta, where yeah. that is now, some of that's in here, but then it was a car dealership. The, that explains why Cafe Rosetta looks like the way it does. Yeah, it used to be a car dealership. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. The Chevrolet dealership that moved to Houghton. Oh. Was once there. Okay. So, yeah. So we might be able to pick out some of this, but it's going to look way different. Okay. But. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah. All right. Should we should we get going? Sure. All right. Let's go. Oh, wait. First, I just wanted to point out what? that there's no way I could tell if this is an appropriate movie for either of us. No, there is no parent's guide because, like. It's a thousand it, it's years never old been and, on like, DVD. no one's ever seen it. Yeah. Maybe this is the thing this movie needs. Maybe. We need to remember to add this to the show notes, like the actual link to the movie on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Who's the director of this again? Um, I gotta go back to that now. And like, have they directed anything else? It was directed by Tony Randall. Uh Uh-huh. Like Randall Flagg? Uh, no. By the way, there's a guy on Reddit that has an advent calendar for his cat. And like for the last 24, or the last month, he's been doing the advent calendar for his freaking cat. And his cat's name is Randall Flag, oh, and it's nice. like, and it's like Randall Flag Day Thirteen, and it's like, okay. Well, he directed um, Hellbound, Hellraiser Two. Oh, okay. And then other work was production work for um, Godzilla nineteen eighty five, Return of Godzilla. He produced the first Hellraiser, so he okay. hasn't directed Did a whole he lot. Die or something? Oh, ooh! But here, here's a, a nugget of a review that I found ooh. in his. Wikipedia for this film. Okay. Because it says he also directed one of Fangoria's low-budget films, Children of the Night, which one critic described as obviously low-budget, but with striking scenes. Ooh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, let's get some striking scenes up in this biz. All right. All right, let's go. Hey, John. Yes. I would just like to acknowledge something. Okay. We're a minute and 40 seconds in. And okay. fucking nothing's happened. Because <laughs> they want to be extra, and they want to be like the 1930s, like, like vampire know. movies and bullshit. Fangoria trying to just find their footing. Jesus Christ. It'll, Can you make something happen before we're a minute and 40 seconds in? I don't know. We'll find out soon. Okay, that's all I got to say. And, and, and just, I, it's not that I'm against this kind of thing. It's just that it's like an affectation in a way that's frustrating to me because nothing's happening. But whereas, like, Dead Zone, the way they did the opening, where it was just, like, missing pieces, which makes sense because that's what the Dead Zone is, and then it filled in the name The Dead Zone, that was awesome. 
This yep. is boring, but I'm okay. also a little bit tipsy. So who knows? All right, let's go. All right. Okay, we're in Alberg, USA. And there have been scenes from, like, Calumet and also in other places. And as we're talking about what we're seeing, like, a doctor comes up. John and I are just kind of discussing where is Rhinelander. I thought some of it kind of looked like Lance or whatever. But anyway, as they're discussing things up here, like, the bunch of white guys talking, a doctor shows up and he's got that big, like, reflective thing that doctors wear on their heads in movies to show that they're a doctor. Um, And he's wearing dirty clothes to tell this guy about how he didn't want to kill... he Like, it's not his fault this dude's wife had died, that she had an aneurysm because of the stupid, like, truck that's going around town covered in crosses saying about how everybody needs to repent or whatever. And then it cuts to a black and elderly... Like, it's a young black man, but in an elderly black man costume or whatever, wearing a dirty trench coat who is, like, a drunken homeless man... And it's like, I'm sorry, where the fuck are you going to get a drunken homeless man that's black in this area? No, you're not. It's shocking that they found a black man to do this at all. There's no, there's not a lot of, like... Well, Garrett Morris was their first choice for this part. Oh, is he, a, like, a person that's... That's in... Garrett Morris. He's from Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live? Okay. Because yeah. I was just like, I don't know, part of me just thinks, like... This is kind of fucking racist to be like, there's like the one drunken town in the fucking Calumet. I don't know, we're and it's a black man. It. I don't know what's. Okay, well, we'll see. I'm just saying that it's like, there's two guys that hitchhike there's... and they're not black up here. Well, this isn't supposed to take place up here. No, we're supposed to take place like in the mid. USA. This is supposed to be just is. wherever it is. Oh, okay. So this is not, like, up here. This no, is just, like, general filmed, America. it was partially filmed up here. It oh. does not take place up here. Okay, to be in, like, because we're like, in America. Just like Supernatural's in Vancouver all the time, but it's when they're filming in they're Memphis, like, they have okay, Memphis Okay, fine. Let's keep going. Oh, my goodness, John. Yeah, there's... There's a lot that just happened. Well, there's one thing that happened. It's 12 minutes and 50 seconds in. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, we have a... You know, since the last thing that we saw, um, the fella, the homeless black man... What's his name? Uh, Garrett Morris. I emphasize that I he's this... black because he's probably the only black man in this entire fucking movie. And he's like the homeless drunk man. But whatever. So Garrett Morris uh, fall, gets hit by the church wagon. No one does anything. The cop does help him up. But that's it. She doesn't, like, go after the people that ran over a man. Um, And so, meanwhile, a teen goes to visit another teen and has dinner with her mother. Grandmother. Grandmother. And it's covered in, like, religious symbols. Mm -hmm. And then she asks some crazy questions about a seven-headed dragon or whatever with ten horns. And so then they run off together to one of the local churches. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. And so, but anyway, they go inside this church and they go into like this sub basement that's just watered in, like it's just all watered down in the sub basement of this church. And it's like, you know, like in an old Catholic church and in the sub basement of it, 
and there's water down there. And as we were watching it, you and I are just kind of talking about water in the basement in general. And it's normal to have water down in a basement up here sometimes. Yeah. Like in the winter, because we get 300 no inches. Spring. Oh, yeah. So it's so starts melting. We get about 300 inches of snow, give or take. Yeah, that's that's on the high end. The high end. So my first winter up here, we had three inch, 300 mm-hmm. inches. So that's my normal, except that was like an unusual. It's 2018. It's an unusual winter. Yeah, so like 250 inches to yeah. 300 inches. That's kind of like the normal range. Um, sometimes it's not a lot. because Like this winter, we haven't had that much. Though we did have like 40 inches in about a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, it'll, recently. it'll catch up. It'll catch up eventually. But anyway... But so in March or not March, but in like May or June or whatever, uh, there will be water in people's basements. Usually it seeps in. But I've seen basements, some basements, <coughs> I've seen some basements that where like the stream comes through the basement. Yeah. That sometimes happens up here. In this church basement, it's got those like old timey arches and stuff. It's like where all the crypts are, but it's fully flooded with water. Yeah, so much so that they're swimming. They're swimming. So the two girls are swimming in a church, in, a, in an abandoned church, I guess, in the basement of the abandoned church. Yeah. And would you do that? No. Would you go swimming in any basement? I don't know how to swim. Oh, yeah. You don't know how to swim at all? No. I would die if I went into a flooded church basement. We really need to change the fact that you don't know how to swim. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've heard that. I forgot that. Jesus. Okay, so John doesn't know how to swim, everybody. Charlene, please give him hell for that. Um, <laughs> Why? It's a straight call out. Hashtag Chucky. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but they go, But if you knew how to swim, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. I because don't think so. My well, thing is, like, I... Unless it was clean and toasty warm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, like, first of all, the swimming up here is usually in the Great Lakes, and they're very fucking cold. Um, I'm used to, like, the bath water feel of the, the Atlantic Ocean and Georgia in, like, August. But anyway, so, so they go into this basement, which the thing is, by the time the water gets to the basement, it is drips through a lot of things. It's either seeping up through the ground or it's coming down and there was actually stuff where it showed water coming down from the ceiling as well so there's there's just issues in this basement and these two girls are swimming in it and there's bodies down there it's like a crypt so they're swimming around and they look at like oh this person died so they see someone that was taken tragically at the age of 15 in like 1935 and then one girl's like, well, that's lucky for him because he missed all the horrible murders that happened right after that. Yeah. And Foreshadowing, I'm sure. So these two weird girls are swimming in there and just swimming around in this basement. And we cut to like a scene of a body of with long hair, so assuming a female, breathing from a flesh tube. And the flesh tube is attached to a pair of lungs that are breathing in and out. Well, I don't know if that was her breathing. There might be another body that is just sands everything but lungs. Yeah, that somehow is attached to a tube to that other girl's mouth. I don't know why you're thinking it's attached to another girl's mouth. Well, the is body, it? there was a body in the, oh, that's in right. the water with a tube in its okay. mouth. I didn't and put the two together. Yeah, I'm quick on the uptake. I guess so. Doesn't make a lot of sense why the lungs would be able to breathe underwater. But whatever. It might just be flowing with the current. That's true. I don't That's know. That's true. So, meanwhile, one of the chicks has a big cross on, loses the cross, it goes down, 
And, like, she asked her friend to help her find it. And, like, the thing is, the, the cross goes down, lands on a vampire, flashes. Well, we don't know if it's a vampire Okay, yet. big sharp teeth or whatever. It's called Children of the Night. But anyway, big sharp teeth monster in the water wakes up because the cross touches him. And then he grabs the friend and eats her. Yeah, like rises out of the he, water. Yeah, and that's a pretty cool scene of rising out yeah. of the water, the blood dripping down her legs. I mean, we know this is a low-budget movie, so that was pretty, I was pretty well good. done with what they had. That was pretty well good, done, and I don't know how they got this like underwater sequence situation, but it must have cost a lot of the budget, and we're only 12 minutes and 50 seconds in. Yep. All right, should we keep going? Yep. All right, let's go. The vampires, Mark, the vampires. They are. They're clearly vampires. So we just saw... Mark, the teacher, teaching Paradise Lost to a girl alone in a room, alone in a classroom with the creepy mother right behind her. Well, it sounds like the mother brought her to to him for special yeah. tutoring. Yeah. So it's supposed to be one-on-one. It wasn't like... But the mother was there, and she got upset because she was teaching her about monsters. Yeah, so she must have come home and told her mom what she was learning about, and she came in firsthand. And it was Paradise Lost, and she's like, this isn't Christian enough, blah, blah, blah. But then his best friend, the priest, comes in and says, hey, remember how we were in seminary together, and you're my best friend? And he's like, yeah. And how I tried to console you and not doing the priesthood? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I've had an affair. Okay, and it was my brother's wife. Yep. And so the priest has had a what? The priest has had an affair with his brother's wife Karen for a long time. Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times before the brother is dead, and now that the brother's not dead, and has been coming to the house and all that good stuff. Now, it turns out that Karen's daughter was the girl from before that got bit by a vampire. Yep. And so, in it, so basically, the priest has boarded up the two into this bedroom where Karen, no, Karen's daughter is in a bathtub, which is in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, and she does the thing where her lungs are outside of her breathing in water at night or during the daytime. And the mom is in some creepy cocoon thing. Yeah. And then when the sun sets, the mom cracks out of the cocoon with milky grossness. And the daughter sucks up the lungs. The priest throws leeches at them. The daughter eats the leeches, and then the mom drinks the blood from the daughter. Yeah, summed it all up. I don't don't think we should look too much into that. No. Try to make it make sense. And the priest calls up the... uh, We're also 23 minutes and three seconds in. There's an hour and a half of this fucking movie left. Yeah, it might get great. Yeah, it might get great. But he's called up, like, the people in Alberg, USA... Yep. And uh, they're not answering the phone, the daughter nor the grandmother, and there's just creepy sex noises going on. Yeah. See, we're just still setting the scene. Yeah, we're setting some scenes all right. Should we go? Yeah. All right. So I would like to make a little bit of a retrenchment. It is an hour and a half of this movie. This movie is an hour and a half long. You mentioned that earlier. No, I thought that there's an hour and a half left of the movie, but it was actually that it's an hour and a half long. Oh, okay. I got confused. It's 30 minutes in. The priest friend, our teacher friend, has gone to a student's house. Grandma was like, I don't believe everyone needs to eat food. She doesn't want to come out of her room. And it turns out that 
the daughter or the the granddaughter has barricaded herself in the room. Yeah. Because grandma's a vampire. She is. So basically, friend gets bit by a vampire, converts the grandma into a vampire, goes back home and converts her mother to a vampire. But weirdly, she eats leeches and gets eaten by her mom on the reg. There's a very interesting thing going on here. And I got to say, the weird lung thing, where it's like they sleep with their lungs outside their bodies, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going for their whole, their own set of rules here. That's yeah, fine. I know. It's great. I'm not trying to figure anything out, you know. No, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure out their internal logic. Because the priest has got some stuff he has to say about vampires and stuff like yeah. that. But that's just what he's, quote, researched. But as the night has gone on, the priest is trying to eat a sandwich and his eyeliner is getting more and more thick as the night progresses. Do you have anything to add? No, I don't. Okay, fine. Let's go. Hey, John. Yeah. Guess what? Chicken butt. We got one dead grandma. Vampire grandma. She was dead already. Basically, teacher gets the girl out of grandma's house who's like clearly like 14 or 16 or something and like she he gets pulled over by the cops for going 30 miles over the speed limit and like and he's like oh sorry i just got to get my girlfriend home that's his first excuse yeah it didn't work he's like 30 and she's 14 and she's like she cop is like gross she's got to go home to her grandma or because the, the cop knows who she is because it's a small town obviously <laughs> So it takes her home to Grandma, who's wearing a goddamn Chiquita banana hat. Yeah. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the daughter, the granddaughter's like, she's a vampire! There's the golf club in her head! That's why she's wearing the stupid hat. And the craziest thing is that, like, when the cop's like, get out of the car and come with me, she gets out of the car and he drives off without her. <laughs> and, like, 15 minutes later, he's like, I guess I'll go save her. Stops at a payphone in the middle of bumfuck. And, like, calls up Father Frank, Father Fred or whatever the fuck his name is. And he's got his own problems. He's got his own issues because he's, like, very upset that his girlfriend is a vampire and he's just praying outside in Latin. That's normal. Yeah, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm not a devil. I love you, though. And he's like, you're possessed with the devil. And and, and he's, she's like, well... You just, she's only eating leeches. She's getting sick. She's talking about her daughter. She's only eating leeches. She's getting sick of the leeches. So, uh, and I'm getting sick of her. So, and it's weird because it's like the daughter has been, it's almost like kidnapped in this situation. But like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know, but I like it. I really like the lung thing, which I hope they come back to. Yeah. Uh, We are 42 minutes and 45 seconds in this beautiful film. Should we keep going? Yeah. All right. So, again, a lot of things have happened that haven't happened and nothing's happened. Leech buffet. Oh, right. Leech buffet. <laughs> okay, so we'll get to leech buffet in a second. So, basically, the leech buffet is related to the teacher and the high school student kill grandma. Yeah, wooden stake through the heart. Wooden stake through the heart. They try to leave and he almost gets in a car accident because there's a like a, a an on-fire blockade in the middle of the road. They're driving around this little boy that's like a total creep, and the that's reason a peeping Tom. He's a peeping Tom, so he knows how to get into all of the houses because he's a creep, and yep. so he and so 
that's basically how the teacher was able to get into the house with uh, and save the girl was because the Peeping Tom knew the best so picture window. that little boy's a hero. He is a little hero. <laughs> and so he jumps out in the middle of the road saying, they got the teacher, they got the cop, they got the cop. And so, like, the cop's been pulled in. The lady cop, who was the reason why What's-Her-Face was almost vampire meat, as we just learned, um, uh, the lady cop was nice to the teenager. So we have to save her. She's been drugged into, big, into a lodge of some kind. Yeah. And the creep was able to tell them how to get best into there through the skylights. Because that's where he peeps into the ladies' room. Yes. Meanwhile, the priest who's been praying and drinking this whole night long, so things are going great, the house lights are all flickering and crazy shit, and, he keep, and he's looking at a hand, a creepy vampire hand, is pu- pushed through the door, and it keeps turning into a pretty lady's hand with long nails scratching the ground. So he, instead of thinking like, oh, that's weird, I should continue doing what I'm doing, he un, he gets all the boards off of the door, opens the door, and like the vampire lady that's his girlfriend it's like, oh, Frank, tell me what you want. And she's all beautiful. Yeah, the prayings work. White, wearing a white dress. Meanwhile, the teenage girl looks like shit behind her. Is like giving shifty eyes, saying, like, clearly this is not okay. But, like, what I was thinking, though, is that Frank doesn't look so... He looks a lot younger than the woman. Yeah, he does. And so... And he's upset because he was banging his brother's wife... But it looks like his brother must have... His brother's wife was like a decade older than him. So it's kind of like he was preyed upon. No, he's a grown-ass man. I know, but I don't think he was when this, like, older woman seduced him. Yeah, he's a grown-ass man. Okay, whatever. I'm not saying it's okay to fuck your brother's wife. I'm just saying that, like, probably... He was probably 17 and she was 27. No, they had already gone through seminary school, so... No, he was in seminary school when they first started. Uh, I don't know if that was... That was literally said he said that he was in seminary and he had gone to his friend for help when his friend no, was yeah. deciding and he confessed it to him when they were in seminary school together and the person no, he's having he an affair with confessed it to him now no then. he said that when he confessed of having an affair during seminary school but I he just confessed that. for real this time that it was with his brother's wife okay you didn't catch it but it was true okay and now we're at the bingo night bleach buffet from five to eight for four dollars ninety five four dollars ninety five cents. So the vampires went out outside and advertised this with their letters. Yes, and also got a bunch of leeches uh. leeches, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> the teacher just killed a little child, like an eight year old who is the familiar. The little pervert turned out to be the vampire's familiar. Yeah. Everyone in town's a vampire now. The cop just got her throat slit. Yeah, by the big demon-y vampire yeah, thing from now, the basement. And everyone wants to get the teenage girl because she's a virgin. Yeah, and their blood's delicious, apparently. Yeah, the priest got bitten by the mom, and the girl that was the friend of this virgin has left the room. She's now on her own. Yeah. But we did get to see her. the mom crystallize herself. Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and throw her lungs out on top of herself. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty neat. Okay, let's keep going. Dobby! Yeah. We're at an hour and 11 minutes in. Yep, we're well, getting close to the home stretch. Yes, and I'm very excited about that fact. But <laughs> we're in a creepy warehouse. Yes. We have Garrett Morris. 
Yes. Who is uh, who saved the day? Yeah, he's been uh, the kick-ass character of the movie so I far. I think it's been a while since we paused. It's been like twenty minutes of them in this fucking thing. So anyway, so the daughter killed her mother. Yes, as she was in her little cocoon of grossness. Yes, and the priest is like, "Is your mom okay?" And the daughter leaves. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Garrett. Garrett. Garrett Morris. He's Garrett Morris. Character is Maddie. Maddie is telling Mark, the dude, to fuck his student because she's pretty and there's not a lot of pretty people in the town they're in. Well, and also that she, they're attracted to her because she's a virgin. So we got to unvirgin her. Yep. Luckily, they dropped that plot point. Everyone, <laughs> they, so instead, they got drunk together while Matt, while the girl was sleeping and her friend kind of is a Renfield, calls her up and she's like, hey, come to the window. And her teeth are yellow and gross, her face is pale, and she's like, I really hate being like this, I have to eat bugs to survive, so how about we kamikaze these motherfuckers, is what she says, it's like, what I'm gonna do is like, you're gonna be bait, and I'm gonna kill this fucking vampire, so that we can all go back to normal, or maybe not, I don't know, but I'm gonna kill this guy for turning me into this, This because this sucks. This will go one of two ways. Yes. (laughs) Either she's telling the truth, or... This movie's going to end very oddly. Yeah, we only we don't have too much longer left, but I've got to say, it's really great. Like the Maddie, the uh, the Garrett, what's his face? Garrett Morris. Garrett Morris knows exactly what's going. on. He's like, ah, oh, she's probably in the crypt now, and because apparently, so when Garrett Morris's character is from here, but his parents are from Detroit. They moved up north to get away from all this stuff in during the Depression. Yep. And so, because he's an older man in this, and so. Basically, he remembers when there was a priest that came up here that did that stuff with children, then took a bunch of the kids to this church and killed them, and then the parents flooded the church, and he was in charge of flooding the church. Yeah. And so that's why that church was there, and everyone was dead, but it turns out they were all vampires instead, or whatever. So that's what's going on. We're going back to the church to kill the vampire and to see what happens and see if anyone loses their virginity. <laughs> Ready to go? Yeah. This has got to be the weirdest ending for a vampire movie I've seen in a while. It is quite odd. Okay, so... The... The children of the night... Are actually... The children that were originally killed by the creepy priest, who was not a creepy priest, but was a vampire all along. Yes. Whose people were being persecuted in Europe in the 30s, okay? Yeah, the, anyway. the great vampire persecution of the 30s, yeah. right? Right? Like, anyway, so <laughs> so the children, are, the children are kept as food. The adults are turned into vampires, which is why the child... That, uh, of, like, the priest's girlfriend became, like, a kind of Renfield. So, and as we said before, she she didn't like that. She felt dead, and she wanted to not be dead anymore. So, they decided that all the children were going to rise up against the biggest vampire. Meanwhile... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, like, Maddie? What's his name? Like, the yeah, guy... Yeah, Maddie. Garrett Maddie, Morris. um... Kind of basically distract. So basically, the the girl and her dead friend team up, and they leave the two drunk guys together. Um, Maddie and Mark 
figure out what's going on, go to the crypt. Uh, Mark goes to the crypt to try to save his girl, um, who's supposed to be 16 in this. You established that the actors are actually 25 and 22. But if you look at them, he's clearly supposed to be about 25, 30, and she is supposed to be 16. And in the movie, she is 16. <laughs> like, she's a high school student. Um, it was a different time. I got, ugh, gross. But at least she was in real life 22, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so they basically, you know, things happen, and uh, the big bad vampire gets uh, impaled by the giant light up cross that's on that was put onto the front of the Christ van. Yeah, it was pretty well done actually. It was very well done. I liked it. And then Doodad, Maddie was like, uh, my drinking days are over. And then it cuts to people the like the vampire that had been attacking him inside the van comes out and is like, Oh, this is in my operating room. Nurse, get me a cigarette, stat and it's like everyone is no longer a vampire. So the next day it's daytime. Everyone's going about their life, and you're kind of getting repeats of everything that's already happened. And except Maddie is now in a three-piece suit talking about wanting to how, to, how he's going to fix the town because he said his drinking days, days are behind him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mark and the teenage child show up covered in blood. Everyone else is normal. The doctor is saying, hey, I got all these people in my operating room. They've got splinters in the chest. I think it's meningitis. Yeah, it's really, like, where did they go? Did they just sleep for hours and hours while yeah. everybody else just got up? Just went about their day. But the thing is, like, that means that everyone that they had staked survived. Yes. A, so the only person that died was the female friend of the girl that got her neck snapped by the main vampire. Yeah. All the children left. I don't know, maybe the guy who got his face ripped off by a 2 by 4 might not have made it. Oh my god, that was the best. What was your grossest corner? Probably the guy getting his face ripped off by yeah, a 2 Yeah, that by was four. mine too. That was kind of delicious. That I loved great. every bit of that. That was oh, great. Actually, actually the, the main guy's head dripping. Okay, too. the dripping was good. But actually, my favorite was when um, the mother vampire cocooned herself and then threw out her own lungs on the top yeah, of the cocoon that so that she gross. could breathe that was pretty natch yep okay i love that it's a feel it's a view of calumet uh from the 90s that we could see on the still frame uh what did you think of the film um i thought it was better than i had expected yeah still not great uh-huh like i i agree with the imdb about a five-ish maybe i'd give it a six for a few really good scenes and some great ideas. I yeah, I agree. I like the idea of like only the adults are turned into vampires. Yeah, and the kids are like feeders. If I wasn't so grossed out by the fact that this guy is 25, an almost priest that's banging definitely gonna bang the 16-year-old pretty soon, I'd be more into this movie. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I really liked it. Yeah. I was... would say that is it as good as Candyman? Oh no. No, but Candyman was amazing, and this is like oh. I would give. What would you give Candyman? Then we just saw. Oh, that I'd probably give it a seven and a half or an eight. Really? It, I think it's biased because I like Candyman two so much. Oh more. well, I'm looking forward to seeing that eventually. But anyway, I really enjoyed Candyman. This one I think is a pretty good movie. I like the way that the music was done. I will say that the sound quality was pretty terrible. Oh, well, the quality overall was pretty terrible. Yeah, but, but I. If you're looking to watch just. You're skimming through shitty B horror movies and you have you have the urge for that. It's a decent one. Honestly, I think it was pretty good. I think the plot makes sense. 
I think that there's a lot of lines in the in the script that are kind of like, this is the reason that we're talking to each other familiarly right now. Yes, we do have a background together. <laughs> yeah, but it did bring up some ideas that that are fairly unique. Yeah, like the vampire rebelling against the overlord vampire kind yeah. of thing. You don't see that I don't often. know that I've ever seen a the, so the Rinfield is kind of named after the character Rinfield in Dracula. In the book and in the movies where Renfield kind of is the kind of slave or like he becomes infatuated with Dracula uh, and is like the servant of Dracula. It's a human creature that kind of eats bugs and is gross and is yeah. the servant of the of the dark, the dark lord or whatever. Um, and so I've never seen one that went against yeah, that it was kind of cool. Yeah, that was really cool. So what are we? What are we got? What are we watching next? Well, we're back to the the Metacritic, the Metascore from IMDb's top horror movies. So this would have been in my one of my next movies. I'd want you to see. Yeah, the nineteen fifty six one. Yep. Okay, so we're watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers Ooh. from nineteen fifty six. Let's watch this preview, huh? And let's do that right this now. This freaked me out so much. As a child, I used to sleep with my eyes and nose and ear holes covered. Is this the preview? Yeah, this is the trailer. It just kind of starts. Yep. Oh no, Collier's Magazine called it. The nightmare that threatens the world. Collier's Magazine, wow. Got a screaming lady, yeah. the invasion of the body snatchers. No, no, you've got to get out of here. Oh, no, someone's dead. They come from another world. Ooh. Did this become like a TV show, like a made-for-TV movie, too? There is another movie from the 70s. Yeah. But In I'm, color? Probably. Yes. Uh, maybe that's the one I've seen, but I'm looking forward to seeing this. Whatever it was, the, the little tentacles going into your yeah. eyeballs is just terrifying to me. It was remade in 1978 with Donald Sutherland. Is that the one with the tentacles going into their bodies? I don't know. Oh, Jeff Goldblum was in it as well? Maybe. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I just remember it being an old movie, but I was a child. I was, like, really young when I saw it. Yeah, that was that's from and it 78. freaked me out. A Vortex of Fear? We're going to watch the original, which is much higher rated than the 78 one. Well, oh, Jesus, the pods. I think it must have been the 78 one, because I remember something with tentacles going in your eyes and nose. That might have been hard for them to do at this time period. What year did this come out again? 56? Yep. No choice. Now, was this, would this have been a B movie? No. No, this would have been a, a big movie at the time. Okay. And this is number five on the list. Okay. Walter Ranger brings you the ultimate in science fiction. So I've been reading Stephen King's um, what Stephen King's book, the name of which is escaping me right now, but I have to like Dance talk. Macabre. Dance Macabre, and he talks about like the he talks about the history of horror. And like horror and science fiction, how they kind of do this dance every few decades of going back and forth. And like the 50s, so there's like the 30s, you had some really good science fiction horror. 
and then it's the 40s it kind of dies down and it comes, picks back up in the 50s because then you pick up that like that terror and horror that is the uh the threat of the atomic bomb yeah well that looks like it's going to be a good time john yeah. it's a it's a 92 percent out of 100 on Metas- metacritic that's not too bad it's a 98 on rotten tomatoes well i think that that's going to be a fun movie to watch next and that there's yeah. just uh well yeah there's just two things left to do uh, stay scared and stay married goodbye hi there trish here john and i are so glad you've decided to listen to this episode to contact us please email up to and including death at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials up to an id at just about everywhere facebook twitter instagram and that's up to and id and that too is the number two if you have a moment it'd be great if you can review us on itunes as long as it's five stars Thank you to Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middle of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice is a rock mix by Stefan Kartenberg, copyright 2017, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you. Goodbye.